Chapter 8 of On Two Feet and Wings by Ives Kazaruni. I returned to the television lounge and slid into the back row of seats to hide my misery in the darkness. My mind was still on the conversation with my father and suddenly watching television was no longer appealing. Would my father ever be the same with me again now that I was here in Istanbul? He had always set high standards for me and they were always a challenge. However, this was too hard. I stayed in the lounge until about two in the morning. Everyone else had gone to bed. The hardest thing for me so far had been falling asleep in that hotel room where every noise and every shadow seemed like a potential threat. I noticed a smiling muret at the door. Not tired? No, I lied. You like this? He pointed to the television. It was playing a documentary on truck drivers in Turkey. I shrugged to say that I did not mind. I'm practicing to be a receptionist like you, I said with a straight face. I could tell Murat was trying not to smile as he left. Finally, I switched off the television and wandered to the reception. Murat stood by the lobby door smoking a cigarette. Going to bed? Yep, I said. I thought I would come and say goodnight first. It was yet another excuse to put off going upstairs. Oh, he said with surprise. Thank you. There was a pause as I desperately tried to think of something to say. Are you on all night? Well, until 5 a.m., supposedly, he sighed, but we'll see if that actually happens or not. I didn't have anything else to say. I was about to turn away when he said, What are your plans for tomorrow? Nothing. You have no business to take care of? He inquired. No, I'm waiting for some paperwork, so... I know, he smiled. You have to kill time without spending money. I nodded. He obviously knew what was going on. It's okay, he said. We have things to do to kill time here. Does it cost anything? I asked. Free. Well, what is it? For that, my friend, you will have to wait until tomorrow. Good night, Murat, I sighed with a smile. I liked him more and more because even in his casual way, he seemed to care about me. Good night, Abbas. I was about to walk off when my curiosity got the better of me. Murat? Yes. Have any children my age stay here before, I asked, and then completed the question. Alone, I mean? Mirat looked at me knowingly. No. Okay, I said softly, thank you. It made me feel special and, of course, proud because I was the first. On the flip side, it made me scared because I did not know if I was capable of getting through what was ahead. I headed upstairs and through the dark corridor to my room. My mother had always told me that doing something for the first time was the hardest. I was waiting for this part to get easier, but it seemed difficult, as difficult as the first night. Slowly, I opened the door and peeped inside the room. Everything was as I had left it. The smell of dampness and the breeze squeezing through the gaps in the window immediately hit me. One would think that a hotel room would have been a place of solace, but it was far from that. I entered and locked the door behind me. I could hear all kinds of little noises the cockroaches, the wind, and every person who wandered past on the street. I swiftly drew the curtain so that no one could see me. Then I got my photographs out and placed them on the second pillow on the bed. I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth. The cockroaches were dancing in the corners as usual. I brushed and brushed. It brought a little smile to my face, thinking how back home I would do everything I could to avoid this nightly routine. I pulled back the sheets to get in. For the second night running, I could not bring myself to turn the lights off. The sheets were dank again, and I hated the thought of trying to sleep on them. I could not look at the picture of my father that night. 
I held my mother's photograph, and then I looked up as if to God. Mama June always prayed. In fact, she prayed so often that she must have prayed on our behalf, too. However, neither of my parents prayed regularly. I wasn't sure I knew how, but I whispered, God, I don't know why this is happening to me. If I have done anything wrong, I'm really sorry. If I have to be punished and cannot return home, then so be it. But please let Maman come soon. I'm not sure how long I can do this. If I must be punished alone, then please help me get through it. The day had taken its toll on me and my thoughts were helter-skelter. How long was I going to have to wait? Was my father angry with me or disappointed? When would I be able to see my mother again or at least speak to her? What was I going to do while waiting for my papers? I must have started crying because the light shattered into star-like fragments as I stared at it until somehow I fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up very early again. It was not quite yet day, so I lay back, jumping in and out of dreams. Finally, I rose grudgingly from my bed. My skin was red and raw from the cold. I dared not say anything to Murat. I was too scared to ask for anything, even a blanket. What would happen if I had to swap hotels? My father was sending the documents and I might not receive them. In addition, I didn't know if I could face the trauma of having to find another hotel. I might not be lucky enough to find another taxi driver as kind as Ahmed. I bathed and put on some clothes, though I had nowhere to go. I kept my money and my passport in my pockets. I was about to open the door when I saw the bread. It was very tempting, but I decided to have my meal at the end of the day to reward myself for getting through it. I walked out. The first thought of every day was what to do with my money. The second was whether I should eat then or later, and the third was to wonder if my father was still angry with me. Maybe tonight will be easier, I thought as I locked the door and went downstairs. I was expecting a new receptionist, but Murat was there. I thought you were. So did I, he said with a sigh. So did I. Do you ever sleep? It appears not, he yawned. The He proceeded to call the absent replacement by a name then instantly covered his mouth with his hand. I'm sorry. It's okay, I said, laughing. I know all the bad words. He chuckled. Well, this is the fourth time this new guy has let me down, but when you have your own business, you have to make sacrifices. That's what my father says. He's a wise man, he said. Is this hotel yours, I asked. Half mine. Who is the other half? You ask a lot of questions, little man, he said with a smile. So do you, I retorted without thinking. Yes, you're right, he said. That I do. He sat up in his chair and lit a cigarette. The other half of the hotel belongs to a silent partner. He saw that I was looking at him blankly. That means he does not work here. I make all of the decisions. So you are the boss. I am. Cool. Murat chuckled again as he puffed on his cigarette. Not so cool when you don't sleep, he said. What are you going to do with yourself today? I'm not sure, really. It was clear that I was out of ideas. Why don't you write another letter to your parents? I could do that, I replied. Oh, by the way, did you... Yes, I sent it in the post yesterday. If you want any more paper and a pen, just help yourself. He handed me some paper and a pen and a few envelopes. Thank you, Murat, I said softly. How much do I owe you for the stamp yesterday? Oh, nothing, he said with a wave of hand. Just don't tell anyone else, that's all. This is a deal only for my favorite customers. 
I smiled and touched my nose. Our little secret, I said. Thank you very much. Thanks for what? Mira gave me a wink. I walked over to the sofa next to the phone booths and decided this letter was definitely not going to be addressed to my father. So I began to write my second letter to my mother. Dear Maman, how are you? I am doing very well. As I'm sure you know, yesterday I went to the city to exchange money. I went to a very big market with all sorts of dealers. They are really pushy. Anyway, I found a really good man who gave me the best rate in Istanbul. I got a thousand lira for a dollar. Baba thought I was lying, but you know that I don't lie, Maman. The city is really beautiful with really big buildings everywhere. There is a huge mosque which you can see from everywhere. There is... I wish you were here too. After exchanging the money, I went to the British consulate. I caught the bus there. It was fun and it was cheap. Here they just let you put the money in a machine. You don't even need a ticket. I had to wait a long time at the consulate and I was scared at first, but a really nice lady helped me. The man there asked me to get all of these papers. I'm sure Baba has told you what I need. So here I am, waiting to receive them. The television channels are so much better than they are at home. My favorite program is called Night Rider. It's so cool. However, I have only seen programs that were on last night. Maybe next time I will have a different favorite. You would be proud of me as I am having at least a shower every day and brushing my teeth twice a day like you taught me. I am also eating only once a day like Baba told me to do. I get hungry sometimes, but if I keep myself busy, I forget. I really hope to speak to you soon, Maman, and as I miss you so very much. Your son, Abbas. P.S. Don't tell Baba that I was scared at the consulate. I sealed the letter inside the envelope and addressed it, leaving it for Murat to post. It was mid-morning. I thought the television room was worth a try, but it was being cleaned, so I returned to the lobby to find Murat with another tea looking cross. What's wrong? I asked. Have you seen that lady Asal and her husband? Not since last night, I said. Why? They have left without paying. How? I asked. You take the money in advance. Not from old customers. Oh, I said, disappointed that I had to pay up front. What? Don't look at me like that. If you stay more than four weeks, you can pay at the end of every week because we would have built trust by then. I thought we already had. Yes, we have, he said. But believe me, it's not like that with everyone else. I guess not. So with them, well, they stayed six weeks and then they asked for credit. I gave it because they had paid up before that. How did they get away? I think the husband left first and waited on the street and then the woman threw their bags out the window in the middle of the night, he explained. I saw her leave around 2 a.m. As I listened to Mira and I thought about what Asal said to me the last time I saw her and how kind she had been to me. I'm sorry, I said. So am I, Mira sighed. It's not the first time and it won't be the last. Oh, by the way, don't tell anyone about the credit thing. I won't, I said with a smile. I touched my nose again. Good, he said. Then after next week, you can pay at the end of every week, okay? For real, I asked. Yeah, he said. But if anyone finds out about this, our deal is off. I promise. He offers his hand and I shook it firmly. What are you planning to do with the rest of your day, little man? I shrugged. Okay, he said with a devilish smile. I know what I can teach you to do. What? Patience, he said. All good things come to those who wait. He returned to his desk and picked up some papers. Once I've got through these, I'll show you. He started to work while I sat silently on the sofa and watched him. He was young, but work had aged him, putting large puffy bags under his eyes. 
I could tell he was a nice man, but he always looked troubled, even when he seemed happy. Something in his eyes told me that. I found myself wishing that there was some way I could help him. A few people came and went through the lobby. Two guys in particular caught my attention. They were young and badly dressed. Their clothes were torn, their hair was messy, and they were obviously high on something. I could see Murat's look of disapproval as he started, stared at them until they left. He looked at me and said, They're not going to be staying here tonight. I never did see how he evicted them, but that moment was an important one for me. Murat's hotel was by no means the Hilton, but he had standards. It made me feel a little bit easier. A good hour passed. So then, little man, do you have any idea what I'm about to teach you? Murat put the papers aside and turned to me. No, I said impatiently. What are we about to do? Re- what we are about to do requires tea, he announced grandly. Oh, I said, do I have to have one? You don't have to, he said with a smile, but if you want to play like a real Turk, then you need to. I see. I wanted tea, but I did not want to spend my money. It's okay, Murat smiled. You're playing with the boss, remember, which makes the tea free. Two glasses of tea coming up. He started to go into the kitchen, then turned quickly to look at me. By the way, he noted, this free tea? I know. Don't tell anyone. I touched my nose again. He nodded approvingly. You're learning fast. Murat came back with two glasses of tea and some sugar cubes on a tray. He also brought a large board, what I immediately recognized as a backgammon board. I had seen my father play the game with his friends in Iran, but I had never played it myself and was I was excited. Right then, I'm about to turn you into a real Turk, Murat announced as he sat down and opened the board. I did not say anything. As in Iran, they made fun of Turks, and I knew what my father would have said to that remark. However, from what I had experienced so far, Turks were nothing but clever and friendly. Murat spent the first 30 minutes teaching me the main rules. I picked it up all very quickly, so he decided to teach me the subtle tricks and intricacies of the game. Two, I don't think he was expecting to take his pupil that far in just a few hours. We then decided to play a game. In an instant pool, a typical game was the best of five. In my first competitive game against an experienced player, I lost three games to two. Murat swore that he was playing his very best. After the game, he stood up and shook my hand. You're a fast learner, little man. We'll make a Turk out of you yet. I took it as a compliment. Right. You can practice here if you want, he said. I need to catch up on my sleep, but later on tonight, we'll play another game. Great, I said. I'll see you later then. Sure, but Murat? Yes. Who's going to look after the reception? No one, he said. If anyone comes in, tell them we have no room. Okay. I stayed put at the reception and set up the board game for a game against myself. I played happily for two hours without even noticing the time. I was learning how to throw the dice and teaching myself new techniques. Murat reappeared looking a little fresher. He had a shower, but he still looked tired. You slept only four hours. I know, he said with a smile. Is that enough? No, but it's four hours more than yesterday. How about you? What have you done? I have played backgammon with myself. What? Ever since I left? Yes, and I helped myself to tea. I hope that's okay. Murat looked at me seriously before realizing that I was joking. You're a live wire, little man, he said with a chuckle. That's for sure. Talking of tea could get you a glass from the kitchen. Who, me? Yes, you, he said, sitting down on the sofa next to me. That's all right. You can get one for yourself, too. And when you get back, we'll see how good you really are at this game. 
You're on. I ran to the kitchen and opened the door. I had never been there before. It was disgusting. A small room with rust, mold, and dust monopolizing all the surfaces, including the walls. The glasses looked clean, but I washed two under the tap anyway. The pot was on the stove. I poured the tea and walked out to find Murat sitting on the sofa with the backgammon board in front of him, ready to commence battle. Excitedly, I sat down opposite him, and off we went. Once again, it was an intense game, and I could see that Murat was really trying. However, this time, I beat him. Three games to two. We played silently, but once we were finished, Murat looked up at me and said, You make a good glass of tea. This made me laugh, as it was completely unrelated to our game, and I had fetched the tea a long time before. Murat did not comment on my playing, but he did not really need to. I knew that I was good. It was early evening. We had been playing backgammon for hours. Murat reclaimed his throne at reception, and I went to the television lounge. A few people came in and out. There was a little tap on my shoulder. It was the barman. His farsi was not that great, but he did manage to say, One minute. Come with me, please. Where? I asked him. Just here, he pointed to the reception area. Please, Murat, explain. As I entered the lobby, I saw Murat with a guy I had never seen before. He was dressed in a good suit and tie and looked very suave with a neatly trimmed mustache and jet black hair brushed back with gel. I was a little too smooth for my liking. He and Murat were laughing together. Ah, declared Murat like a host at a party. This is the little man I was talking about. Hello, said the man in perfect Farsi. My name is Abdul. Hello, I'm Abbas. We shook hands, but I was not sure what this had to do with me. I only understand. I understand you only recently learned to play backgammon. Yes, today, in fact. Only today, he smiled at Murat. Did you tell him to say that? I swear I didn't, Murat replied with a grin. Anyway, Abbas Abdul said as he ended his tie, Murat seems to think you could beat me on a game of backgammon. I'm not sure about that. Would you like a game, Abdul asked. I'm not sure, I said, looking from, to Murat for support. Go on, little man, Murat encouraged. It's only a game. You'll thrash him. Okay, I said with a small smile. Murat and the barman sat on either side of me and watched like hawks. No one spoke. I beat Abdul three games to none. He did not look impressed. Murat jumped up and hugged me. I too was happy I had won, but Murat's reaction seemed a little over the top. Abdul got to his feet, threw a bundle of banknotes on the table and left without saying goodbye. Murat picked up the bundle and put it in his pocket. Suddenly, I realized what had just happened. Murat had placed a bet on my game. I was angry that I had been so stupid. It had all seemed strange from the start. It was obvious that I had been taken advantage, I had been taken advantage of. I didn't say anything. I just looked at Murat in disgust and walked back to the television lounge. I heard him call out, Hey, little man, wait up! But I kept walking. Apart from Amen and the jeweler, Murat was the only person I had trusted, and he had let me down. After a few minutes, Murat came into the lounge with a glass of tea. Hi, little man, he said. I kept my eyes glued to the television. I brought you a glass of tea, he said in an apologetic voice. I don't want tea, thank you. It's on the house, he said with a smile. I could not believe the man's audacity. I turned to him without a trace of emotion, said, I think tonight I have paid for all the tea you have given me and more. He seemed taken aback by my comment, but he was a man enough to say, Okay, you have a point there. I continued to look away. Listen, he said, trying to reason with me. I'm sorry. I really am. It was wrong of me to bet on you without telling you. 
Yes, it was, I said. What would have happened if I had lost? You would have blamed me. No, I wouldn't have. To be honest, I expected you to lose, he said. He gave me good odds. I turned around to glare at him. Well, I didn't expect you to win so comfortably, at least, he admitted. He popped in to see me, and I told him about you beating me, and he said he would bet that he could beat you. He paused to see if I was listening, which I was. So I accepted the bet. I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to be under pressure. I kept quiet. Listen, would it be any better if I gave you 10% of my winnings? Without hesitating, I countered. 25. What? 25% and I'll forgive you. You what? You'll forgive me for 25%? My father taught me that everything has a price, I said. I was seeing the funny side to this now and I could see opportunity to make some money. Okay, he said with a chuckle. How about 15? How about 20? And that's my final offer. He glared at me and then offered his hand so we could shake on it. You drive a hard bargain, little man. I know, I said. How much did you win? 30,000 lira. Crap, I said. Okay, you can take one day off my rent and give me a thousand lira in cash. How's that? He was laughing. That sounds fine, he said, smiling. When did you get the time to work out all that in your head? I decided it was time to celebrate with dinner. As I was about to go upstairs, Murat called me. Uh, little man? Yes. Do you want to do this again? What, gamble? Yes, he said in a soft voice. I can't, I explained. I can't afford to lose money, and my father will not be impressed if he finds out. Hmm, he said, trying to think and speak at the same time. What if I gave you an option where you could not lose any money? I'll put the money on you, and I'll find people to play against you. And if you lose, it's my tough luck. What? So if I lose, then I would not have to pay anything? Right. What? I asked. You would not even be upset with me? No, he said. I promise. And if I win, you get a cut, but not 20%, because the risk will be all mine. How much then, I asked. I was thinking something like 5%. Really? I said, smiling, because I was thinking 15. 10, and that's my final offer, he said, imitating me. Okay, but what about my father? Ah, your father, he said, stopping to think. Does your father really have to know? After all, it's not you who is gambling, it's me. You just be participating in a game every so often. I could give you small presents because I like you. He had sold the idea to me. I could save a lot of money if I kept winning and maybe get to eat a little more. Deal, I said, offering my hand. Then I pulled it away. Oh, one more thing. What now? Only one thing I promise, I said, giggling. Can I have unlimited free tea? What? You said yourself that one can't play this game unless one drinks tea, I explained. So how am I meant to practice without tea? I could see the frustration in his eyes, yet he was smiling at the same time. He sighed and said, okay, but only if you don't go over the top. And I know, don't tell anyone. I touched my nose in the customary manner. Murat chuckled and touched his nose too. Like it was our little code. Um, Murat? Yes. Can I have my money, please? I don't think he could believe his ears. I grinned. Well, you do owe me a thousand in cash and one night's free stay. That I do. My mother always told me not to lend or borrow. And if you don't pay me now, in a way, I'll be lending you a thousand. I explained with a smile. And then I'd have to charge you interest. Murat knew I was joking, but I think he was surprised at my knowledge of money and business. He didn't know about my homeschooling and economics. Come on then, he said, come and get your money before you kill me. I followed him to reception where he opened the safe, fished out a thousand lira and handed it to me. It was not all that much money, but I was thrilled. I had made my own money in a foreign country.
As I took the cash, I had an idea. I realized that a thousand was not a lot of money and I would most likely spend it if I had it on me. I wanted to keep it safe. So I turned to Mira and asked, could you keep the money I earn in the safe? Sure, he said, surprised. So every time I earn money, we add it to the pile, right? Okay, he said hesitantly. So you don't want it now? No, I just wanted to see it and make sure it's mine. Okay, little man, it's yours. I knew that I couldn't carry my dollars on my person for much longer in case I was robbed, but I had to make sure that it would be safe if I left it somewhere. I decided that this would be a good test to see if Murat would look after my money honestly. I would wait to build up a pile of backgammon money, and then at a random time, I would ask for it. If Murat gave it to me without question, then I would trust him with my dollars too. It was far from a foolproof plan, but it was the best I could come up with at the time. With a good night's work under my belt, I decided it was time to reward myself with a meal of bread and yogurt. As I chewed in solitude, all I could think about was my parents. This was my first night in Istanbul, and they had not promised to call me. I watched television for the rest of the evening, turning around every time someone walked in. It got later and later, but I couldn't help hoping that they would call, despite what Baba had said about the cost. My winnings and my agreement with Murat seemed like a distant memory. I just longed to hear my mother's voice. I sat there like a lost puppy until I fell asleep. Little man, a voice murmured. Little man, it was Murat trying to wake me up. Have I got a call? I asked, jumping up. No, he said with a sad face. It's late. I thought you might want to go to bed. Oh, I groaned. What time is it? Around four in the morning. Sorry. You don't have to be sorry, he said. You can do what you like. I just thought you prefer to sleep in a bed. That's all. I stood and walked slowly up the stairs. Deep down, I had really thought that Baba would call. I slipped into the damp bed with the lights on and tried to sleep while looking at my family's pictures. It wasn't getting any easier.